I'm gonna ask you all just to feel into the space, relax. Try to imagine that we are connecting on a fourth dimension at this moment, as friends, as something deeper than colleagues, as accomplices, people who uh, understand that music is something that can bridge divides and can create a very deep state of presence. And that uh, at this very beautiful moment, we are just together enjoying one another's company. gentlemen if you hear my vocal cords if you hear the soft strumming of my guitar you can rest assured that you are listening to re and co radio that's right it is 5 p.m here on the lovely island of ibiza it is 6 p.m in israel it is 7 p.m in istanbul it is uh, right now all over the world and everybody connecting on this call right now can be certain that they will be receiving beautiful, lovely, regenerative ideas tinged with a little bit of musical co-creation. And today's theme is a very musical one. It is retradition and co-harmonization. The way that this theme emerged was that we had a conversation with some indigenous people a while ago about how to integrate ancestral knowledge into this modern context, which sometimes is, is not very friendly, which sometimes is disrespectful, which historically has even been abusive towards uh, certain traditional or indigenous practices. And so we are actually going to tackle this theme through music. And I am absolutely delighted that today we have dear friends of mine a very recent friend, friend Miriam Ma, uh, a songstress, a voice womb healer. We have also Dimitrios, the music medicine or the music medicine man, an ethno, uh, he will correct me again because I might get this wrong, he's an ethno-musical researcher, uh, which is also very deep into musical healing and ritual. And as well, a very special guest, old rainbow brother of mine, and we have Moshetov joining us from Svat in Israel, not far from his school, which specializes in really understanding the traditional music of the Middle East and helping it live on in a, on the fingertips, in the voices, in the minds, in the hearts of new musicians. Beautifuls, welcome to our show. Hello. 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 There you hello, are. Hello. There you are. <laughs> All right. So let's move beyond this meditative mood and let's bring let's bring it. Let's, let's bring this. Let's let let's get into flow. Let's get into flow. Yala, Iwa, Iwa. All right. So let me give you a little bit of context, ladies and gentlemen. The people in this room are all human beings that believe in the healing power of music, okay? We are human beings that practice music, that we promote music, we work with music because we think that it can help bring harmonization to the world. And so the question for the floor, any one of you, whoever wants to go first, please feel free. The question for you is, where do these traditions come from? Where do these traditions come from? And I just want to remind you, if you're not speaking, just mute your mics so that we, uh, so that we can uh, yeah, control the noise level a little bit. But anybody who's ready to go, so that's the question. Where these traditions emerge from? Who's got an answer for us? Yes, so maybe then I start. Hello everyone, I'm Miriam. Um, where do they come from? For sure there are many answers, as much as there are human beings and perspectives and timelines. 
For me, music and sound is something cosmic. So we could say it's a cosmical thing, and then for sure it's also an earthly thing with Earth's history. Um, but for me, as I perceive it and as I experience it, um, also music and sound as well as poetry and all these things, they are received in um, moments of receptivity, when we are really open and relaxed and the mind maybe rests a bit. Often then um, these visions flow in, these inspirations. So for me, it's also a deep um, inner uh, connection to nature itself and to one's own nature, which um, forms then art and culture and therefore then later on we maybe call it traditions. Yeah. Well, that that that's a good that's a good way of putting it. Moshe, I see you've unmuted yourself. Go ahead, follow up. Yeah, I could uh, I could follow on, add to that. I think that music is a huge field. Like Miriam said, it's uh, there are specific traditions of music, like that we're teaching in music school, or playing in performances, or that you're strumming on your guitar. You know, even the classical music traditions that we're teaching, you know, go back a few centuries. Sometimes six, eight centuries even. But obviously music and human experience goes way before that, you know. We don't have recorded examples. We have musical instruments and sometimes some kind of archeological, you know, artifacts. Uh, but it's kind of on the wind, you know. It's more in our memory. It's what's coming through our souls. What we're resonating with now that was obviously present, you know, five, 10, 20,000, 50,000 years ago when human beings first started making coherent sound and movement that eventually, you know, evolved into music and uh, song and dance. So there's a lot of levels, you know, and that's really an interesting thing, what Miriam says about whether we're remembering, you know, what was something ancient that served a purpose, you know, in evolution or healing or defense or uh, expanding consciousness, uh, whether we're remembering it or we're simply re uh, resonating with a pattern that is so ancient still in us that if we tune into it, we can resonate with it, just like maybe the first human beings that opened their mouth and started uh, making musical sounds. You know, there's a, good, there's a good angle to this. Who taught the birds how to sing? <laughs> that's, that's a question that comes up in these and, and that idea that we have some kind of deeper musical memory that we connect with some deeper you know like resonant thing I think that's an absolutely delightful delightful um, angle and go ahead Moshe you, 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 I feel you got something oh. still inside you no, I, I just was, was going to say that who, who taught, there's a kind of presumption, somebody had to teach the birds to sing, you know? Maybe it was the great spirit, maybe some call God, maybe some call, okay, but, you know, it turns out that music is just, a, can be an emergent phenomenon, you know, through trial and error. Evolution that seeks the purpose to survive, or, you know, to, re, to recreate, to, what are we doing here? Recreating? Co-creating. <laughs> we're co-creating. Co yeah. We're re and co-creating, uh, which happens actually by itself if you start with the right rules, you know? So um, actually, it's trial and error, which um, sort of says one thing to me, that, that music in its essence is participatory. It's not just passive, something you listen to or watch somebody else do, but it's inherently uh, a participatory activity that you that you express <laughs> it's an it, that we become Moshe something that we become we become music together I, I mean <laughs> no something like that it's curious it, me and, uh, and Moshe were old rainbow gathering guys the rainbow gathering if you've never heard of the rainbow gathering it's one of those meetings <laughs> which will return your faith in humanity because you see that, again, the way that we're speaking of music emerging from within or emerging uh, when we come into a collective and start just playing with okay. our voices, I really believe that the rainbow gathering is something that where we come together, we remember how to be humans amongst humans, how we 
remember how to be a collective species. And I see Demetrius is ready to chime in, but Demetrius, give us a second because Amanda Joy Ravenhill is, is, is made it back on our call. And there's something really in- interesting here. And I think maybe there are words that, that, that appeal to you. One is emergence, right? Because there's something, mm-hmm. there's emergence. There's also something of like recollection, remembering. There's also some form of deeper biomimicry possibly going on where we're actually kind of imitating or kind of like uh, extracting the sounds that are natural to us. Does that speak to you at all? Or do you have another angle you think that you think we should be touching on, upon here? Mm. Yeah, that all that all resonates with me. I think what strikes me is just telling the story of, of Buckminster Fuller's obsession with the word synergy. And so synergy was a obscure word he pulled from some science texts and um, he popularized almost every talk he gave. He taught people what, what synergy means, which is this behavior of systems that's unpredictable, not necessarily good or bad. It's unpredictable by just looking at the parts of a system. And he said, because we don't have the lexicon, we don't have the language around how systems work, we're seeing the world in its parts. We're seeing the world in an overly reductionist, overly simplified, overly siloed way. And because of that, we aren't seeing you know, what we now see of you know, emergence and uh, complexity theory of, of there's this beautiful evolution of, of complexity and, and you know resilience that's happening um, where systems are coming together to build more and more adaptability. Um, and it goes into, you know, nonlinear dynamics and game theory and a lot of stuff that's been kind of evolved since Buckminster Fuller's time. But it's, um, it's, it's, you know, it's gratefully, I'm grateful that synergy is kind of a, a common household world <laughs> word to the point that Exxon has a fuel named after it. Uh, and also, it's different than just a couple generations ago when we didn't have these words to talk about complexity and talk about systems. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm always heartened by the Eisenhower principle, if you know that, of if you can't solve a problem, enlarge it. You know, how do you, how do you zoom out and see the wider context, the synergy that might exist, the emergence that might become of, of seeing the qualities of hydrogen and oxygen coming together to create water or whatever it may be. Um, well, what, one question is, is what is it? How do you need to zoom in or out to get uh, to enhance synergy? Mm-hmm. That's something I, I always, you know, mm-hmm. you can sort of go broadband like horizontally across a wider field, you know, or you, or, you know, to try and get a more broader, more holistic vision, you know, but you can also go levels, you know, you can jump vertically. And that's what always sort of intrigued me. Like, that in order to bring synergy, you have to jump to a higher level and then you can make a synthesis of mm. what seem to be contradictory things because you mm-hmm. see it from a higher, higher level perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's the harmonization of two qualities rather than a compromise. And I think when you're looking at things in a, in a siloed or a really reductionist way, it seems there needs to be some compromise. One, one thing needs to sacrifice you know, in order for another to gain. But when you think of things in this other way, it's actually about harmony, back to the musicality and, and co-harmonization of this. this well, actually, actually, maybe somebody used the word resonance before, like it resonates with me or resonates. And I think that it's a very apt word. In a way, it's even more uh, powerful than harmony. The harmony is like, you know, in a chord, you have a, an interval that's in harmony, but resonance is a kind of a coherent, um, something like a common oscillation or something between two systems, you know? And that's, that seems to be what happens when information jumps from, you know, one level to another. It's not just harmony, it's something, a higher level resonance. You know, that's a great point. Um, And I I love talking about it, that, you know, at the end of the day, harmony is just a beautiful relationship between two things. And in this case, it's notes, right? 
And the thing is that even in this case, I'm holding an octave, right? But depending on the additional notes that I plug here, I can create a whole different tension between those two. Bringing again beautiful concepts such as tensegrity, which is one of the ones Amanda loves, um, which is integrity through tension. And this is really great, and I want to come back to this, but I would really love to give uh, Dimitrios the opportunity to chime in because we're setting all these beautiful little kind of like cognitive reference, you know, talking points and everything. But I still haven't heard from him and I would really love to welcome him to the room. He's really an amazing, an amazing brother uh, who understands the ritual of music and how it can bring us to communion and to not only personal but collective elevation as well. That was probably the best introduction I ever had so far. Thank you so much, my friend Jurgis, and thank you, thank you for the invitation and to everyone who's listening right now. Um, now we are, we're talking about tradition, right? So what is tradition? You know, according to Google, the transmission of customs or beliefs from generation to generation. Okay, and now. So this is part of a culture, and what makes a culture a culture is actually music, is language, uh, it is food, and a couple of other things that I'm, uh, uh, they're not coming into my mind right now. So, so if we go throughout the human history as we know it today, all around the world, we will find such customs that they are related to sound and then later to music. Um, and, and sound being, being a tool um, that has been used for healing, that has been used for uh, understanding the nature and the cosmos, as Miriam said before, uh, that has been helping us to create architectures, to create art. But most of all, I believe, is, uh, it has been, sound and music has been a tool for us to tell stories, uh, to pass the information of whatever has happened back then uh, or whatever people have been feeling back then through sound. Hmm. And uh, if we search a little bit around the world, I mean, uh, in, in all traditions and in all cultures, they share this. They share this uh, space. Uh, it is a common space. So before going to using sound and music for entertainment or for uh, other ways of expression, it is interesting to see how um, human beings back in the beginning of the history have been using sound and music to tell stories, to create monuments and, and um, we, can, we can say art pieces that still stand the, the, the time actually, they are still uh, present today. Um, and to share emotions, yeah. And that's something very fascinating. So where this all starts and where is this going? I'm not sure we have an idea. It's a very old story. Uh, so, well, as you said, uh, you announced me as an ethnomusicology researcher. I'm a researcher, so... And I guess all of us, pretty much, we are researchers on this field. Yeah. Dimitrios, I would even dare say that what you are, you're a master space holder. I mean, but, you know, a master space holder today, it depends on who you're talking to, because just, just to touch on that, you as a master space holder, you're a human being who understands that music is something that unites us and creates a form of coherence. And let me just send this question out into the room, just like, you know, one of those little kind of like grains of sand that might, might bear a pearl. Um, it is clearly a chicken or the egg problem, you know. Is culture emerging through us or has it been there all along? Is it incepted? But let's let's talk a little bit about like geometry. Let's bring it a little bit into the idea that there are certain just beautiful relationships. Like if I'm I'm going to play right now, for example, on notes and then I'm gonna bring a fifth, you know, that's that's physics and geometry at play. And so let me ask you a question. How much of it do you think is physical? Just, you know, like us, like just liking or really understanding that there are certain resonant tuning harmonies or resonant frequency in the universe. And, and then there's something else called pref preference. And, and you can take it to a spiritual side, scientific side. It's an open question to the room. Moshe, go on. 
Well, I, I mean, I, I would say uh, it's interesting. There's clearly music as an in. There's this question, you know, is there an inherent base reality? Okay. <laughs> Um, or is everything subjective? But I, 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 I tend to be on the side that there is a base reality, and there's also a subjective reality, and it's the interplay between them that we actually <coughs> experience as life and shared the shared reality we live in. But to me, there's clearly there's an underlying physic physics reflected in music and vibration and frequencies, and then our perception of it. And I would say. In response to one other point you made before, that music is a kind of bridge for po positivity or healing, or, and, and so on, I would say it is that, but it's also actually a neutral platform that can carry even dark, negative energies and conflictive energies, and it's been used for that, you know, as well. It's a platform. And uh, you know, there's military music, there's work music, there's, you know. Um, Many musical instruments served were developed in order for people to communicate across distances, including armies, you know, who, who needed to communicate. Um, so, but there's something very deep, underlying, neutral about the platform of music, and it's clearly related to something fundamental, you know, in the physics of the world. Like you say, the geometry, probably sacred geometry, and you can learn mathematics through music, you know, and 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 also you can learn something about the mathematics of cultures. So let's mention some music, Turkish music, and get Demetrius going too. You know, in the West, a lot of music is in four or eight, okay, in symmetric rhythms. In Turkey, what's the most uh, common rhythm, Demetrius? It's nine, right? True, true, true. I wanna I wanted the one 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 two three one two three one two three one two three one two and I play polka. That's Western that's Western nine. That's not Turkish nine. Sorry, I completely murdered it. You know, it's it's me pretending that I know a thing or two about music, but that's a good one. No, it's a But it's curious, huh? Because a lot of these ethnic cultures, which is one of the interesting things from the West, that, that attracts our like uh, desire for altered consciousness in a way, is the asymmetrical rhythms of the East. You know, stuff that's in seven, a Balkan rhythm in seven, or a Turkish rhythm in nine. It's got a kick. You can't quite, yeah. you know, if you're a Westerner, it's like, what is that beat? I'm trying to, you know, I yeah. can't quite count it. You know, and then, but man, it's kicking. You know. It's a kicking groove, okay? It's a kicking groove. It's like I remember Take Five from uh, the Brubeck, you know, they, they have the, it's like, how does that, like, <laughs> it's like, do that, but that, 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 okay. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. beautiful, but let me let me let that's let, that's a good point. But I want to talk about the fundamentals. But I want to take it maybe from another uh, another 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 aspect. And I know that um, you know a lot of you are very spiritually inclined people, and Reinco is a space where we allow ourselves to open up and talk about uh, things that transcend science as well. We really try to you know walk the fine line. And so let me ask if you think that there is. Let's not call it esoteric. Let's not call it a metaphysical. Let's call it some kind of other spiritual fundamental behind music. And let me just put that out there. If there's any anybody who wants to take that bait, I want to do this. Uh, I'm not sure there is an answer today about this because who can really say what sound and music is? How can we explain what sound and music is, even if we can do it in a scientific way or with what's uh, to measure, or the ways we perceive music and sound? I don't believe there's anyone that can give a, a, a bold explanation about what this is. But what we can agree upon, beyond the tradition and beyond the cultures and beyond the effects of sound and music, is that the whole galaxy we're in, the, the, the cosmos that, that we're part of, and the Earth is communicating through sound. You hear the air blowing, you hear the air blowing, yeah? You hear the, the, the waves are making a sound. The waves, when they crash into a rock, they're making a sound. The cracking of a tree makes a sound. The animals are making a sound. Everything is making a sound.
a sound and is emanating or is emanating a sound that whether we perceive with our five senses or not, but still the sound is there. And how deep we can go to, to understanding what this is and where it comes from, I don't know. And I don't know anyone who can give a bold explanation to that, to be honest. And uh, that's also where I feel I can come in because now we are talking about about, uh, about analyzation and scientific approach. So for me, just in real short, uh, me and my partner, we lived for five years in the forest of Switzerland. And I always was connected with my voice and singing in the past more jazz and blues. I was connected much with that. And then when I began uh, my deeper journey of self-healing in the forest and in connecting just with nature every day at the fire, really living outside with no house or home like that as nomads, um, these ancient voices came through, through me, I have to say. And first and foremost, um, to heal myself. Um, so in the beginning it was also a thing for me to hold these voices and these frequencies because at that point it was, let's say, higher frequencies that emitted through me. So I had to adapt to that. So for me, music, as you also mentioned in, in your way, Dimitrios, will always be also the deep, great mystic, you know. And uh, we can approach it much more deeply as I experienced it through direct experience, through the Gnostic way, you could also say, through direct initiations, just mainly through your voice, because that's also what I feel that uh, on the, all of Earth now, with the circumstances that we are in now, many want to open up their voice. So um, that's really the most inherent um, instrument we have. So we can express the inexpressible uh, in many ways. And uh, yes, now I lost a bit the red thread. I, I don't, have a question to don't drop. Lose it. Hey, yeah. let, 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 me, let me just, just fill one thing. You know, that, that's a great place you're taking it because, because express the inexpressible. We had a lovely jewel dropped in the same room a couple of weeks ago. A good friend, Martin Wyszowski, said that, that creation is an act of becoming. And that kind of alludes me to, you know, that you bring song, you know, you bring, you bring, it, it, it's this kind of biblical thing, right? Where you, you talk, where, where's the word? You know, it, but first it was dark, right? And then there was the word and the word was a vibration more than anything else, you know, and that we are actually weaving reality through our voices. And, and, yes. and, and I would like to maybe move into that kind of idea that we, we are becoming, we are an act of creation through our voices, mm -hmm. through tapping into that. So, mm -hmm. so let, me, let me put that little, that little question on pause, right? Just like, we'll come back to it later. But I really wanted to hear what Dimitrios had to say uh, with that question you had, brother. So we, we'll have two avenues we can take, the one I put out there and the one you're going to put out right here. Cool? Oh, fine. Let's go with yours. All right, let's do something. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Re Co Radio. We are live on 101.9 FM in Santa Cruz, California. We are live on Instagram. We are here in the clubhouse room, Re Co. If you would like to join us later on and ask these beautiful people any questions, know that at the end of the hour, they will be available to you. Also in the room is Amanda Joy Ravenhill, head of the Buckminster Fuller Institute. And joining us today is a really lovely cast of of musical magicians, Miriam Ma Dimitrios Moshetov Krebs. And our question at the moment, it has to do with people becoming through musical creation or healing through some form of intention that can be expressed through the voice. Feel free to leave a comment on Instagram, on YouTube, or wherever you are listening to us, or come into the room and ask a question later. But let me put that question out there for the speakers. Who would like to pick up on it? I would like to answer the question with another question. I, it's not an answer, actually. Like a true so. Sufi. <laughs> <laughs> Who is and what is expressing itself through us while we are becoming? And I think that's, that's, that's a great mystery and that's a great question. That chooses this form of sound, music, voice to create 
space to move energy, to to communicate information in a way that is um, I wouldn't say non-verbal, but it doesn't use its words. And, and what's interesting about sound and music is that it bypasses the intellect. In my own experience, uh, it's like. As, as Miriam said, we can express the unexpressible or we can, uh, the expressible can be expressed in a way that it's um, non-intellectualized, but it's felt. And, uh, and, and it's, a, it's such a beautiful mystery that how sound and music is, is making us feel and how certain tones or how certain rhythms or how certain frequencies are making us feel and uh, so again I would like to, to, to share this question who and what is expressing itself through us in this process of becoming well I'd, I'd like to throw in here if I could uh, because in my sense, in my experience, um, it's, it's nature riffing on itself, in a way. You know, mu music is a kind of... Um, eh, it's probably from both parts of the right brain and the left brain, but when you're playing music, making music, even listening to music actually, but even more when you're making it yourself, there's certain parts of your brain activated which are it's definitely not exclusive of the, you know, intellectual, cognitive, you know, uh, left brain side. At least high level art music, you know, performed music, there's a lot of intellect going on, but it's some kind of suspension of the intellect to allow the inspiration and then back and forth, you know. Um, I mean, pretty much most uh, great musicians talk about how when they're really in a groove, when they're really playing, it's the music playing them, mm. not them playing the music. The zone. Is this the they're zone? In a, they're in a zone, yeah, where the music is just flowing through you. It's like you're the instrument more than you're the performer on the instrument. And. I think anybody that's uh, really played deep music, even at a you know amateur level, just for your own enjoyment, if you really get to this point, it's a little bit like psychedelic experience, you know. I love that you're, word. You're in some transcended place, you know, that's transcending both the intellect and the intuition, and allowing them both to flow. I love that idea, man. It's so inspiring. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like yeah, when you think of the universe riffing with itself. We're riffing with each other. We're just jamming. We're just jamming. I'm funny because I really think that we create coherence that way. You know, we're sharing certain opinions, not trying to establish a certain truth, but only expand our own understanding of what a truth or the truth, that, that subjective truth you mentioned, um, I'm sorry, the objective truth you mentioned, Moshe, just by sharing our own perspectives. But there is something beautiful about it. Um, something beautiful about that idea of jamming, of riffing off each other. Is anybody else getting tingles off that? Anybody else? Yeah. and jamming medium yes i'm here <laughs> how do you feel i would i would love to invite you to maybe give us a little bit of a taste of your voice because if we're trying to expand our own perception of the world around us or create coherence you have taken me to very deep places with your voice and how are you feeling are you feeling like you could you could take us maybe to uh on a trip of sorts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I even have my drum here, so I hope it's okay then with the microphone. I put it away now a bit. Right. So I just will do like, yeah, just a minute. 
or something like that, right? So yeah, let's try a minute. Guys, okay. you up for it? I'm going to turn this down a little bit just to create okay. space for medium. Lovely, lovely, lovely. <laughs> so nice. Wow. See, guys, that was exactly what I was talking about. You know, uh, somebody opening their themselves because she's opening her heart. Uh, what medium does is something called the womb voice activation. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try and explain it because I, I'm not in the capacity to. But Actually, I, uh, brother, I call it a shamanic womb voice. Yep, but it's... Okay, shamanic womb yeah. voice activation. Very yes. important to get yeah. that really spot on. And uh, and it just takes me places. It kind of, uh, and again, that initial question we were, we were, we were um, pondering upon at the beginning of the show, where this information comes from. Where do we learn this? Where does it come from? Where is it, is it, I mean, obviously it's this song which is singing us as well because it is vibrating so deeply within us. But is there perhaps a kind of musical memory, the way that we have uh, we have um, genetic memory and things like that, or or is it something else? Is I don't know, scientific, pseudo scientific? Who's got who's got something to uh, contribute and point us in the right direction? Yeah, I have to jump in here just shortly because for me, as I said, it's an experiential thing uh, the way I sing nowadays, and it can go in many different directions. And for me, it was a lot of uh, de-patterning, you know, of my upbringing. So, as also Dimitrios uh, mentioned, uh, these shamanic codes, they surpass the thinking mind. So, for me, it's more about letting go of what we've learned and what we have been conditioned in to really make space. Give space, give time, come into a place of receptivity. And for me, in my perception, uh, it is in my, in my bones. So even for me, uh, reincarnation is a fact, but I know that's not for everyone. So then you could also say, it's really my ancestry that's in my DNA, it's in my bones, it's in my blood, it's the remembrance of all that have uh, come before me on, on this earth. And there's, as we know from quantum physics, there's a unified field, there's an interconnectedness. So uh, in my experience, the more we empty ourselves and just become um, receptors, just come perceivers, um, we tap into many different fields that weren't open before because we are just emptying. There. So there's also not so much, uh, let's say, ego anymore, not so much personality, because when I sing, there's, it's not a singing for me. I more uh, receive it. Um, so we can tap into many different fields, into ancient voices, 
And I feel we are also talking about this today and about the healing properties of music because it is something so direct and it is needed. And these ancient voices and these ancient traditions want also to come back and re-emerge new way because that's creation always new and yet it is ancient because they can support us to come in a much deeper connection back again with nature because um, nature is biological so it's just makes sense to really work with nature again because we are part of it uh, yes <laughs> that's lovely the idea of, of, of not so much reconditioning but perhaps deconditioning no to really uh, allow yourselves to connect with something which has always been inside us by remembering to forget? Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. And mm -hmm. I, I know that this resonates with Amanda so lovely. I thought it would. <laughs> I thought. I th it's time for the Amanda Trary of Neil Buckminster Fuller Magic 8-Ball. Uh, <laughs> well, no, but Fuller... <laughs> Fuller did talk a lot about unlearning and uh, yeah, there's just this funny kind of irony of, of coming into connection with nature when so much of what we've been taught about nature was through a reductionist competitive lens. You know, we look at trees as competing for sunlight when now we know that through the mycelial web, the wood wide web, there's so much more happening between each plant between species and so yeah just an invitation for all of us to really do that unlearning to sit and experience the world around us without our preconceived notions of what we think is happening and really to to let it wash over us anew uh, and be brave enough to unlearn and, and step into the you know uncomfortable there um because there's gold, there's gold all around us in knowing nature as ourselves. And uh, yeah, a little hard to put into words, but, but I, find, I find comfort in the discomfort there. But that's exactly what we're doing, right? That's exactly where we are. I see Masha has unmuted himself, but because we've only got 20 minutes, uh, Masha, let me, let me put something out there. And if you want to take it, I mean, you can take it or you can just take it where you want it to. But I wanted to briefly speak with Dimitrios and with, and with Moshe about, um, about, about what I want to speak about. I wanted to talk about hummus and falafel. <laughs> I wanted to speak of hummus and falafel because uh, especially we know the situation we have in the Middle East. You know, and at the end of the day, you listen to music from this region and from someone from the side, it may sound a little bit different. You feel that there's something that unifies us, that that hummus and falafel don't belong to the Palestinians or to the Israelis. It belongs to all of us. So I wanted to put this question out there, whether, you know, a culture is something that divides us. And when I'm referring to musical culture, it's, it's this kind of broader sense of culture, you know, not the pop songs, but, you know, the things that make us vibrate deep inside uh, and how that bridges gaps and how that creates a little bit of, of union, how it creates a little bit of understanding, a little bit of um, how it improves our coexistence. I want to talk about falafel and hummus. Who's going to help me out? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> but maybe, maybe we could use that as a metaphor and bring it to music. You know, uh, and it's also actually a segue from what Amanda was saying about feeling the discomfort and having to kind of unlearn or let go. Because what, one of the things you need to do when you try to bridge musical cultures, like me, I grew up in New York, you know, with uh, classical music and jazz and Bob Dylan and stuff, and now I'm into Eastern music, specifically Turkish, but you know, lots of it. And you have to unlearn actually a lot of stuff to just allow yourself to learn in a new way, you know? Like learning Turkish music traditional way is not like the way you learn music in the West, okay? And you have to get over your discomfort. There's a lot of music, what I, what I was gonna say, the point, the point I wanted to make is that there's lots of music that we think of as a particular culture. Uh, like there's a song, Miserlu, that's sung in, in Israel, but it's a song that came, I think maybe originally from Greece, went to Spain and then came back in a Hebrew version. 
you know? And there's lots of music like that between Turkish and... One of the th interesting things in a practical way, without, you know, the philosophical side of things, spiritual side, is that um, music has this underlying... There's a lot of things in our local cultures that actually came musically from other places. And if we just get exposed to that and realize it, it's really a mind-opening thing, you know? Like a lot of Jewish, uh, Moroccan spiritual music, like uh, liturgical poetry, is based on Arab popular street music. Most people don't really know that, you know? And it's, it's kind of enlightening, wonderfully, you know, to experience that richness. You don't really have to do much work. It's just like, oh, I'm enjoying Arab street music while I'm singing this Hebrew liturgical prayer, you know? Moshe, what you say is very interesting. Um, and I would, I would add to that and kind of uh, pulling back the thread to, to what our topic is today, tradition and harmonization, uh, retradition and co-harmonization. So in my experience, in my life, music has been the easiest way to bridge people uh, despite all their differences, um, cultures or religion or tradition or color or whatever that might be. Um, and it, honestly for me, music has been, has been a language that I found out it's, it's a language that is spoken by everyone, everywhere, at any given time. And I, I guess we can all agree to that, that music is probably by far the fastest way to unite people. And, and so in my path, uh, born, born, in, uh, born in Istanbul, raised in Greece, uh, traveling around the world, living in Brazil, and then um, in, in, in my path as a DJ for 21 years, traveling around the world and seeing how people respond to different kinds of music, and then being introduced to the, let's say, traditional or um, spiritual ways of, of uh, sharing music, um, I, I just realized that it's, it's interesting to, to explore the fact that every tradition has a musical component that is somehow correlated to other traditions and cultures around the world, and we all share this common huge field of music that is just another language that we all spoke, we all speak anyways. And when, when I started blending these languages on my recent experiments the last four or five years here in Turkey and blending um, Sufi music with Christian Orthodox chanting, with shamanic chants and with pop music actually and Western music, it really doesn't make it's it's no different. It's just it's just another a different expression. It's just a different color. Like an artist is picking different colors to create his art piece. That's what I wanted to say. Well, there's something definitely deep there. There's something definitely deep there. And uh, I think we all understand colors. It's like uh, I usually get into this discussion with people who are of the culinary tradition. Cooks say uh, you all understand food. You don't need to call it falafel or hummus for it to be nice and to, to bring nutrition and joy to you. There's something, there's something really beautiful there. Um, but let me, let me, we have another 13 minutes on the call. Just a quick reminder that we are on Re Co Radio at the moment. If you are listening to us and uh, wherever you may be, you're welcome to come into our clubhouse room uh, and ask any of these beautiful speakers anything after our broadcast is done at the top of the hour. And I would like to take this to a, a kind of, I think, an important place, especially because as humanity right now, we are in a very critical moment where, quite literally, we need to get our stuff together. And, and we need to really come together as a species. Now, I know that music is a tool used for social engineering. One of the great examples, unfortunately, is Adolf Hitler and his rallies tapping into the old traditions of song festivals to create a state of exceptional togetherness, uh, which creates, again, 
coherence, a shared sense of purpose, a shared sense of aesthetics among certain human beings. So let me ask you all a question. Um, if we are to tap in and use this technology today, what should be the guidelines? How should we do that? Should we do it in a teepee with medium? Should we do it in special ceremonies with, uh, with my good friend Dimitrios? Should we go to learn it at Svat, uh, at Moshe's school? Or is there another way? Is there something else that you think is on the horizon? Yeah, I, I feel it can be all of that, isn't it? Because uh, that's this beautiful diversity of creation that we are. Um, so what you are alluding to for me is more about uh, that we become conscious of how powerful sound is. And Nada Brahma, the universe is sound, isn't it? Um, so it's more about us getting conscious and uh, becoming clear in our intentions when we um, produce music, when we put music out, uh, when we speak words, because that's also sound for sure. So for me, it's about, yeah, as I said, really get conscious about how powerful this is. And also when you look at the popular music industry, same things are happening again, uh, what you referred to with Hitler, for sure not in the same way. I don't want to make a direct connection. But uh, popular music is often really flat, so to say. It's not really soulful. It doesn't really uh, touch our deep cores. So for me, it's already emerging, you know, because the ancient voices, as I said before, um, they are being remembered. We are remembering uh, what the, the depth of music can be, and we are more and more connecting to it, and we feel its healing properties. So I feel we all um, go on uh, really embodying more and more what we already are and really bringing that out and harmonize the whole field of Gaia, of, of Mother Earth with that, yes. If I may well, step in. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay, so I believe all, all these ways of perceiving, expressing and sharing sound and music are valid today. The question is, up until today, the way we have been using sound frequency and technology, is it really serving us or not? It's a very big question that is not for the moment to go in, to dive in. I believe a lot of things need to change on the way we record music, on the way we, we express music, on the way we produce music, on the way we, um, we put the music out there through the, through the uh, mediums of technology. Um, but uh, if we look at today, Again, I don't believe there is a bold answer on that. I believe we are in the moment where more and more people uh, are understanding that yes, sound and music um, is fundamental, is meant to be uh, studied more and, and to be understood because it's everywhere around us, inside us, within, without, and in all layers and fields of existence. So I guess it's time for Exactly what you're doing, my friend Jurg, is holding space for people to come together and to exchange so we go deeper to our understanding so we can create the new, the emerging, that it's uh, as much as possible holistic because we are 8 billion people in this world. Yeah, that's a very, that's a very resonant vision, Demetrios. Uh, you articulated very, very well. I, I, I have a, I tend to feel that, you know, in a practical way, music attracts people, you know? Whatever kind of event you want to do, educational event, political event, uh, ecological event, <laughs> lots of people, people will come if there's music. And I think music is a carrier and it's a carrier of values. It can be a carrier of many different things and it's many different forms. And I think when we, <clears throat> when we, it's great to have experience like this, Jurgis, just bringing people together. It helps all of us who are using music in various ways, teaching it for various things, you know, uh, or using it for healing or for entertainment or, or for study, for research, you know, ethnic, uh, ethnic, ethno research that uh, putting that consciousness, this consciousness about 
you know, holistically resonating. If you have, if you have a, a conscious having respect for other cultures and wanting to learn, you know, just being open to learn from them, because it's more that it can teach you. If we put that into our music, our music will then attract people who also are seeking respect and appreciation and self-knowledge. In a way, I don't know, I'm not sure we have to do anything else. Just create good music with that uh, intention, you know, and, and kind of serious about it. And then allow the field to attract the people who resonate with it. And then, uh, you know, good things will come. I hope. You know, one of the reasons I really love this space is because there is a eureka moment where there's nothing more to be had than just like, oh, there's a deep understanding. And and I think again, hey, Moshe, you're a rainbow brother. For me to enter a space where I remember the Lithuanian rainbow gathering where it was 3,000 people out in the, in the countryside and there was an understanding. There was no rules. There was no formal organization and just like the social structure of it, the social flow was music. It was absolute music. And I think that people, when they just enter that space and they feel that they, they can be themselves amongst others, you know, that there's no separateness because, because I mean, ego all of a sudden puts you out with the wolves and, and heart frequency connects you to your tribe. Um, there's nothing to be had, there's nothing to be possessed. There's no manipulation of power to strive for. It is just a state of being, right? I don't know, I just went on my little monologue. Sorry guys. <laughs> well put. I just, I just wanna say, I, I just wanna not be put totally in the cat category of Rainbow Brother. It's one of my facets. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a few other things too, you know, ex-high-tech guy, current, you know, uh, amateur musician, <laughs> a few other things. Yeah. Anyway. I know what kind of amateur so musician you are, Moshe. You, you, pay, you, you play the piano and you scare the living daylights out of everybody who's a professional. <laughs> no, now I'm playing the Turkish lafta, Dimitrios. This is what I'm learning these, these years. I'm but, sure we're uh, going to jam together soon, my friend. For sure. Guys, for sure. we are going to jam much sooner than you think. Uh, one of the things that I would like to do before we close this space, because we have another three minutes and 30 seconds on the broadcast, I'd like you all to chime in your voices. I'd like you all to chime in your groove. If there's anything else you want to contribute in the form of a phrase or a word or something that resonated, please feel free to inject it into this space. Go ahead, unmute, unmute yourselves and bring your magic. I'm gonna sing for love, peace and harmony. Bring people together. One circle, one heart, one soul. Love, peace and harmony. One race, one tribe, one soul. And that's all. Viva Musica. wise wisdom returning to the source remembering the tales of time finding our innocent force womb wise wisdom birding an ever new song touching with feathers of starlight let the new earth begin does Fat have for us today, Moshe? Uh, we're enjoying the first rains that just fell, and that means that very soon we're going to be doing our olive harvest. Best olive oil in the Mediterranean, I have to say. <laughs> That's what they all say. <laughs> and we're going to make music while we're while we're doing the olive harvest and uh, 
enjoying the bounty of Mother Nature. That's lovely. Amanda, have you had a good time today? Was this uh, was this a proper co-harmonization uh, mm-hmm. session today? Thanks. Tuning in and heart that organism that it I feel opened and uh, yeah, pleasant, pleasantly disturbed. <laughs> Pleasantly disturbed. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you had a good time today, know that every Wednesday we meet in the same virtual space just to share, just to harmonize, just to elevate the space with regenerative ideas and jam co-creatively through music, creating that kind of sense of coherence and communion. Um, be sure to give us a follow on Reinco Radio. We have a new Instagram page just set up yesterday because Dimitri said it made sense to have one. And uh, know that this is a vibrant community of people coming together and really striving for something higher. We're glad you could be here. I'd like to give a big warm thank you to Medium, to Dimitrios, to Moshe, to Amanda Joy Ravenhill, my co-host, and as always, Mark Smith holding the space. Until next time, that was Re and Co Radio. And we are off the air. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right.